Hey everyone, Andrew Seeley here, and welcome to episode 5 of Air Check, a podcast produced by the WVU Alumni Association. My guest today is Pasha Adamo, the author of a new children's book series, Cece and Roxy. And in this conversation, we talk about getting started as a children's author, the need for more diversity in children's books, and her experience as a grad student at WVU. Please enjoy our fifth episode of Air Check. Let's go. Pasha, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So before we really get into things and before we get into the book, can you just kind of let everybody know who you are and and what it is that you do for a living? Well, now I do this, (laughs) which I'm kind of getting used to saying that I'm now a children's book author. Um, But I'm also a stay-at-home mom um, of two beautiful children, Sophia, who's four, and Judah, who's two. And... um, I teach Zumba on the side and strong sometimes, and, you know, I just try to get my hands in a couple things, but right now this is my focus. This is my new career, which is still crazy to say. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, and and we're here to talk about your children's book or children's series, I Mm -hmm. guess I should say, which is called Cece and Roxy. Yeah. And so can you tell us a little bit about the series and how it all got started? My gosh. Um... So Cece and Roxy was started because we asked for books for my firstborn's baby shower. And we said, you know, we we actually took the idea from a friend. (laughs) And we thought, oh, that's amazing. You know, books are kind of expensive. And instead of gift wrapping and paper and all that, why don't you get us paper that will last? So we actually asked in the invitation, don't even wrap anything. We don't care. You know, not to be rude, but just give us paper that will last in the form of your favorite children's book and inscribe in it. Give a message to our baby girl or baby boy, whatever it's going to be. And we didn't know the gender of our baby. So we got about 80 books, but when we looked through them all, we realized that either the characters were an animal or a white male. Um, And there weren't any female leads. And I was just like, well, what if we have a girl? You know, where's the representation? And then my husband, who's African-American, we just thought, well, where where are the people of color? You know, like, and and we had had a couple books given to us, one from um, our friends from Brazil and another one who's from China. They gave us a Chinese fable in and around the world. And then we had one other book about Malcolm Lewis. Um, about Malcolm X when he was little, but that was it. And I thought we need, our child needs to see more diversity even in the pictures. And so it, I started doing research and started going to different bookstores and trying to find them online, asking friends of color. And they all said, yeah, I mean, I found this one independent author. She's got one book. Um, I had a Barnes and Noble guy actually laugh at me when I asked him for <laughs> a book um, with a child of color and you know mixed particularly. And he said, "Yeah, we don't we don't have anything like that." And so I realized there was a need for it. And so that's when I started thinking about writing them. And it was my my husband who really encouraged me to pursue that that thought. So when you're thinking about writing a children's book or any book for that matter, <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to really begin. So Either where where I. do you start? <laughs> Either did I. And it took some research, um, which I'm not opposed to since I do have a higher degree. And I just started researching, you know, how do you write a children's book? Um, who publishes it? Can you get self-published? And my research then has probably changed to what it could be now. To be honest, I started that research four years ago. Um, and I just decided that I was going to start writing them, just start writing the stories and writing the characters, writing the storylines. And, and as I did that, the characters became more real and stories just kind of started writing themselves. And then 
I decided to find an illustrator, even though I had no book deal. <laughs> I just thought, I'm going to figure out how to make this happen. And I found an artist in Fayetteville, and I said, hey, do you, do you want to illustrate you know, this book? And she said, yeah, I've never done it, but sure, let's do it together. So I really, it started with research, and then it just started kind of with doing it, you know, not even really having a definitive answer of where it was going to go or how it was going to happen, but in the process of doing the research, just starting to write, which I think from what I've been told and from what I've hear, it's really the first step. You know, if you have an idea of a story, you just have to start writing it. And yeah. just the, the details and hopefully the journey will continue. Yeah, absolutely. So so did it really, it started to be a little bit more natural and, and come to you a little bit more easily once you got going? Yes, and I have my original journal, which looks like a hot mess to me now, but it made so much <laughs> sense <laughs> when I started, you know, writing these little jits of a story and you know, what would the characters be? And even since then, the characters have evolved. You know, like I said, as I started to write the stories, I thought that's not really what I want the mom to look like, or that's not really what I want the sister to, to the older sister to be like, or Cece. But from the beginning, I knew that I wanted um, the main character to be a girl. Even if we were going to have a boy, I still wanted the main character to be a girl because females are still underrepresented in every part, even in children's literature. So, um, that was a definitive, and then I thought, well, I want them to be beige, and I want them to be some version of mixed. And there's so many beautiful versions of what it is to be a, a biracial child, but um, you know, wanted to to have some something for kids to latch on to, to say, okay, I have a friend like that, I have a family member like that. And so I knew that CC, for her, I knew that I wanted her to be kind of like me growing up. My mom always dressed me in pink, but I hated it. But I was a tomboy. You know, I climbed every tree. I still do. I have one of my wedding pictures is me in a tree. I was like, oh, that's a climbable tree. And before they could tell me to get down, I was already in the tree. And that's one of my wedding pictures, you know, full, full dress. Um, and so I wanted her to be like that. And that's why she's in overalls in the first book. Because it's just like, here's a little girl who likes to play outside, likes to get dirty. But she also might like to play dress up and have a tea party with her dog. So. Absolutely. And I think that kind of goes against, like you said, now I am not the most familiar person with children's book children's books i should say but i'm sure that that kind of goes against the norms as well and it it's does so great to have a, a children's book you know featuring a, a young girl who um you know like you said mo most people probably most kids aren't growing up with they aren't able to see right um see this character so let's talk about the series what is cc and roxy about i've got right in front of me cc and roxy how we came to be um you know what kind of adventures do cc and roxy get into so it was really just the idea of I want this to not be about her being mixed. I want it to be just a mixed girl doing everyday things, everyday adventures like all the other books. And so really that's what it is. And the first one I actually wrote was about Roxy um, and her being home alone, what happens when Roxy's home alone, which is actually the second book that we have coming out. Um, in the third book, they go to the beach. In the fourth book, they go for a hike. Um, in the winter, that's kind of almost like a, a catch-up to how we came to be. The winter one will be when Jacob returns from deployment and kind of being reunited with Roxy. Um, and so it's just, you know, adventures, different things that happen. We have another one about, you know, going to bed. Um, we have another one where... She's going to get a little baby brother. So there's, I mean, I literally have 15 stories written. It's just a matter of getting them illustrated and out into the world. Let's, let's uh, switch gears a little bit, come back to the book a little bit later on. But tell me about, you mentioned that you, you grew up in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, so tell me about growing up in West Virginia and then your experience at, at WVU. 
Growing up in West Virginia, I remember it very fondly. I remember in the summer, you know, it being 89, but a humidity index of 98, and seeing the haze, <laughs> um, riding bikes everywhere, um, you know, going to the pool in the winter, being dropped off the ice skating rink and being there <laughs> for hours at a time. Really, I think the thing that I loved about growing up in West Virginia is experiencing all four seasons. I remember going backpacking in the fall with my dad. He took his camping even when we were really young and learning how to pack a backpack which was very helpful when I came to college <laughs> and learning how to pack large quantities and just only a few places and hiking the hills of Morgan. Yes. Um, and so, you know, it, it was interesting to come full circle to come back from my master's because I had lived in New York and in Jersey and in Maine at that point and in Maryland. And I decided to come back from my master's when I was in my late twenties, about 26, 27, <clears throat> excuse me. So, Coming back when I was 26, 27 gave me, a, and after living in four different states, gave me a different appreciation for being back in my home state, seeing how much it had grown and seeing its beauty again, not just physical beauty, but its beauty and its people and its friendliness and its warmth and the rich culture that really is in West Virginia that a lot of outsiders don't really understand how rich our culture is until you come here. And then you're like, man, they, they have beautiful artists. They have beautiful mountains. There's so much to explore and experience. And that's the appreciation I had for coming back. And I really enjoyed my time here a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So when you came back for your master's degree, what were you studying? What was Morgantown like for you at that point? It was probably a very different experience for me because I came back when I was 27. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I came back from my master's in secondary education. Um, So I had my master's of arts and teaching, and I uh, did my certification in mathematics so I could teach um, five to, I think the certification then was five to nine and then seven to 12. So I have both of those. And then I decided, well, I was so close in credits, I'll just get another degree. So I picked up a bachelor's in mathematics. Um, so I'm super smart on paper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I really enjoyed my time here because the variety of activities and events And like I said, the culture that is also within WVU that WVU also recognizes. And, you know, even in the mountain layer, when you look up and you see all the flags represented, that's amazing, you know? So um, I was able to take an African drumming class. I remember that. I remember the dances still Um, and taking ballet. And I was like, oh, this is great electives to my education career because you never know who's going to be in your classroom. You never know the person who's going to be, you know, sitting across from you and what country they've come from, what experience they've had but by enjoying all the different events all the cultural events that WVU offered I got to learn more about different cultures even though I've lived in New York I had I was able to have that face-to-face contact as my friends in the South call it belly to belly you know <laughs> uh, interaction and I really appreciated that about my experience as as doing my master's here I highly recommend um doing higher education at WVU for that reason. Just the culture that's created here and support is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I I am always impressed by how many different cultures we have here in Morgantown, Mm -hmm. in West Virginia. Something that a lot of people really don't think about is just how culturally diverse our state can be and and how culturally diverse Morgantown can be. And and you learn so many different things about so many different people here. Right, Um, right. 
it's always an incredible experience. It and really so, is. And then when you make your way out into the world, um, you then, did you head to Seattle after Morgantown? How did you... Uh, what, what was your what was your trip from Morgantown <laughs> to writing the children's book? I feel like this would be a great time to have a graphic. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I actually went to Maryland afterwards and was a teacher there in Hartford County, um, about twenty minutes. Where is that? Southwest um, of Baltimore, and I was there just for a year because I my husband was finishing his doctorate here, and I came back to West Virginia, and so I came back after a year in Maryland, and I was a teacher here in Morgantown at Westwood Middle, Um, and then my husband and I got married, and he finished his doctorate, and we knew that when he finished his doctorate, we would be going somewhere. Sure. Um, So while I was here, I actually worked for the university, and then I worked for um, Westwood Middle, and then we moved to North Carolina. And then we were there for two and a half years, and that's when I started writing the books when I was in North Carolina, because my daughter was born here in Morgantown, but we only were here for six weeks <laughs> <laughs> after her birth. And so at six weeks old, she moved to North Carolina. We were there for two and a half years, and um, then again transitioned to um, Seattle, and then we were there for a year and a half. We were intending to be there for a little longer, just life didn't work out that way. And now, as of Tuesday... Literally Tuesday, whatever day this is, the 17th, we officially moved to Alabama, Auburn, Alabama. So we are there now, and my husband is working for the university there. Gotcha. So we are praying that we'll be there for a while, just so that our kids have some sort of settle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sure. No, absolutely. That makes sense. So what do you think um, kind of, and, and maybe the answer to this is, is a little gray, but um, what were you able to take from your time in West Virginia or at West Virginia University to really put into CC and Roxy? Did you have any influence from WVU? I think maybe the, I would say influence in kind of a roundabout way, like you said, it's probably gray, but you know, because I've lived in so many different areas and I have friends from so many different walks of life, um, it did not prepare me for having a biracial child. And I met my husband here at WVU, right? So I met him here. He's originally from California. So the chances is of meeting where I grew up in West Virginia, he grew up in California, we met at WVU, which I think says a lot just about who WVU attracts, you know? So, um, I met my husband here, and it's because of my husband, who is African-American, and because of us having a biracial child that we realized that rep- that need. Um, and so I think it's kind of a mixture of just my life, you know, being married to an African-American man, but also being a teacher and seeing that even represented in the books that I had in my classroom, even the kids that I had in my classroom. Um, and so seeing that there is a need for representation is something as simple as a book, which most people... When I talk to them, they go, oh, my gosh, I'd never thought about that. And I've actually had people have a conversation and then email or text me back and find me on Facebook or whatever and say, I looked at my children's library. And you're right. We only have white characters. <laughs> or, and, you know, and so I think that West Virginia played a role in that just because of, to be honest, maybe bringing my husband and I together and meeting him here. Probably that's the short answer. Sure. No, that's, that's okay. And it, it was probably not the best question anyway, but I was just wondering, yeah, you know, I always like to see how WVU impacts the lives of, of our alumni yeah. and, and what it means to be 
considered part of this alumni family yeah. for, for alumni. So um, speaking of, of, you know, the impact, what, how has the, the book series impacted your family uh, since the books have come out? There's two ways that it has impacted our family, which I think is immediate right now, and I think it'll grow more. But right now, my daughter and my son come to most of my events with me, you know, because they're usually at a bookstore or they're at a family-owned store or they're, you know, we had it at a donut shop, (laughs) Um, which they invited us back. We sold a lot of donuts that day. Um, (laughs) But they come with me to work. So as a stay-at-home mom, they come with me. And so when my daughter always – I'm always telling my daughter what we're going to do the next day so she has a plan and she's kind of prepared and not caught off guard. So she'll ask me the night before, what are we doing? And so if I say – hey, we're going to actually go to this bookstore tomorrow and we're going to read Cece and Roxy. And she gets excited. And mom, can I read with you? And she knows the book almost by heart, word for word. And so, you know, the other day when I, when I said, hey, we're going to go, she said, okay, when you read the book, how about you pause and then I'll say no matter what because no matter what is said several times in this book. So she even now set, kind of sets up <laughs> her role in the events, which is really cute. I love it. Um, and then, you know, having to explain to her that I was going away this weekend and she said, well, why can't I come with you? Um, and I said, well, because I'm going to go to a place where I have to be at a table and it's going to be there all day and they can't have kids there. She said, but... I go with you to the other places. So I think the impact for right now is really immediate to my daughter because she understands we're going somewhere. She knows the book. She's actually a part of some of the events, but I think as it grows, you know, me flying here, that was different for her, you know, and her actually, and now my son getting used to actually mommy is leaving the house for maybe a day or two or three at a time. And I think the impact will be a little later. Um, in terms of just how our family will be functioning and that dynamic. Um, I also think it will affect us because my daughter knows that that's a girl in the book. She knows that that girl looks like her. And when she's with me, people say, oh, my gosh, the, the little girl, Cece, kind of looks like your daughter. And I said, it's funny because the character was made when my daughter was seven months old. We had no idea that my daughter would look like this, but it's taken that course. So now my, my daughter kind of realizes that people are connecting her and Cece. And so that's kind of becoming not her identity, but she's understanding that, oh, she looks like this character, and this character is in a book, and Mommy's doing these things for a book. So I think she's – I think it will be interesting to see how it affects our family long term not just me being out of the house but also with my daughter and how she identifies herself because she kind of hasn't quite done that yet yeah has she has she pitched you any ideas for for upcoming books yes (laughs) (laughs) which is funny um you know something will funny will happen and then she'll be like oh you should write a book about that Mm. um and whether it's judah doing something or her or you know something that we we find funny that she says she'll make the comment she's she's very aware and so she'll she'll say that and i need to be better about writing them down because really a kid telling you that that's a good book it's probably going to be a good book. <laughs> you got a good source. You have, you definitely have a good source for some ideas. That's for sure. Um, I, I think that it's it's so incredible to see a mountaineer who sees a, a gap in the world or sees a place where something is needed. Mm-hmm. And here you are changing the lives of young mountaineers and young folks all over the world um, in their absolute formative years and making sure that they 
are getting comfortable with everyone right. and being friendly with everyone right. and loving to everyone right. and loving to pit bulls and to dogs <laughs> as well, mm-hmm. which um, may be a secondary theme in this, but I, th- right. I think that that's crucial and, and uh, really important as well. Right. So thank you for, for seeing the need, <laughs> stepping in and writing a series of really awesome children's books. Now, if folks want to find out more about CC and Roxy or find out more about you, maybe purchase a book, um, where should they go? So probably the number one hotspot is our website, which is just CC and Roxy books dot com c-e-c-e and a-n-d-r-o-x-y books um but you can also follow us on our cc and roxy books facebook page i do a lot of our posting of our events there um pretty quickly and then um instagram we're on a cc and roxy books as well so you know just following our adventures where we're going to next what events pictures from our events people that we've met friends that we've made um purchase a book can be through the website as well you can find our full story on the website so i'd say the the website is kind of the hub but if you're an avid Facebooker or Instagrammer, we're on there as well. So we're pretty accessible. Give me the website one more time. ccandroxybooks.com. All right, perfect. Pasha, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks. Hey, guys. It's Andrew again, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Air Check. Since recording this podcast, CC and Roxy Books can also be ordered online at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and BooksAmillion.com. Additionally, Pasha will be returning to Morgantown to promote the release of the second CC and Roxy book, A Day in the Life of Roxy, in late spring 2019. Please follow their journey on Facebook or Instagram under CC and Roxy Books. If you enjoyed my conversation with Pasha, make sure to stay up to date as we release new podcasts on the WVU Alumni app available for Apple and Android users. And as always, you can head to our website, alumni.wvu.edu, for more information. Thanks for listening.